Welcome back to this week's episode of What's the Buzz. We have a very special guest, Nathan from Bearded Lady Honey, who's here to discuss why it's important to support each other and why are we importing honey when we should be supporting our own. Enjoy. I'm back with What's the Buzz and I've got my girl... Steph. We got Steph and we have our special guest, Nathan. Welcome, Nathan. Tell us, how did you get into beekeeping? Tell me, what is the story about Bearded Lady Honey? Good evening. Um, I got into beekeeping mid-2019. All I'm going to say is Agenda 21 pushed me towards beekeeping. I was freaking out. I was wondering if the world goes pear-shaped mm-hmm. and I need to move off-grid with my family, what can I do that we're going to be accepted with an off-grid community? Mm-hmm. Did a little bit of research. Bees were sort at the top of it. Yeah. Availability, being able to move, having that skill. Um, bought a hive. One hive turned four. Four hive turned. <laughs> same, as, same as everyone. Like, it's just yeah. addictive. You either love it or you hate it. Yeah. Um, I fell in love straight away. Um Sometimes, I don't know, it's uh, the wife and I, we started, my dad's in the pub game, so the whole, there's a bearded lady bourbon. So at that time, that was sort of coming into the country, and and there was a few promos, and I'm like, bearded lady, bearded lady, bearded lady, honey, like thinking bees, strong hive, come with front of the hive, only the female bees bring the honey and produce the honey, it's a little bit quirky. I'm going to roll with that. So that's how we sort of come up with the name. I've been to a few different suppliers and they're like, that's a really quirky name. Like a bee supplier will always pick up on it. A general public will always ask the wife, where's your beard? Yeah. She just explains <laughs> that she had a shave that morning. But uh, that's, that's She's where... She's had IPL. Our... <laughs> no lady talks about that, okay? No, no, so that, that's, that's where... Sorry, Sarah. <laughs> that's where it came about. Um, the way I know Ali was through... One of my wife's good friends, who was yeah. Ali's brother-in-law, um, they yeah. work together, um, meant to be, you know, it's, yeah. who knows, like, uh, we've chatted a few times, chatted online, yeah. put stuff back and forth, and And that's yeah, how we connected, we, yeah, yeah. Here we are now. And it's really funny that you say that, because um, my brother-in-law, who has sadly passed away, um, when I started to get into honey, he's like, I've got a problem, Ali, and I went, what's that? And he's like... I get Sarah's honey and like now you're my <laughs> sister-in-law so I feel like Sarah's my best friend and then there's my sister-in-law and I just got to support you both but you know <laughs> and that's what's kind of happened because he's like you know it's about connecting and working with each other because locally I couldn't supply the whole of my area with honey yeah. I don't think you could supply the whole area no. of honey I'd like to be able to yeah <laughs> but in so, Steph you can't supply oh, the whole God, area no. of honey I'm even at 80 hives and there's no way like I pull in a lot of honey yeah um, but there's no way you could supply everyone in Logan with honey no. um, so it's good that we get together and band together because you know we are the ones that produce the most beautiful honey in the world yeah. and you don't want people sacrificing product by going to your local shops you want them to support the local beekeepers um so you know if i didn't have any honey i've got multiple people who i could say hey go to joe blog um they've got beautiful raw honey um that's good for you it's pure product um and also it's it's not even the fact of honey as well so you know banding together uh i found bees 
bees are predictable to a certain extent, but they like to throw you wild cards. So it's the knowledge as well with each other and sharing that knowledge. Even where I am in my beekeeping journey, I have to thank my mentor, Bonnie. She yep. is phenomenal and amazing, and I wouldn't be where I am without her. She's a but cool chick. She she cool is chick. a damn cool chick. <laughs> She's a cool we chick. need to get her on this yes, pod one absolutely. day. Absolutely. Um, but there is the odd occasion where I still ring her and be like, "Ah, oh, Bonnie, what are my bees doing? Yeah, what is this? Why have they done that?" I'm like, you know, I've I've faced a lot of things in my journey, um, but still they like to throw you wild cards, hundred yeah. percent. And speaking to each other learning different ways of doing things and and this is what I said to Alison early on you speak to many different beekeepers and you pick apart all your favorite things and then you find your way of beekeeping um, and what works for you so gaining all of that knowledge yeah yeah 100% gaining all of that knowledge and finding what works for you because what works for you might not work for somebody else and that's okay Um, being different is what sets us apart but also being different you can gain more knowledge of how to deal with things that the beekeepers like seasoned beekeepers deal with you know we're gonna go through drought we're gonna go through floods we're gonna go through hive beetle yeah wax moth eventually we're all going to be in it together and we're going we're going to go through varroa it's it's not a matter of if we get it it'll be when um but definitely finding out different things to deal and cope with and finding what works for you it's all good that we band together um because we're all in it for one reason we all fell in love with bees you know at the end of the day we all fell in love with bees and that's why we're doing it. Yeah. Now, to everyone out there, how do we explain Varroa? Like, what is something, because a lot of people see it, and I've had comments, oh, it's just a harmless bug. No. What, what is, no. what's it, going it's on? It's a parasitic mite. So it's like a tick yeah. on bees. Yeah, 100%. It, it, it feeds off the bees in the larvae stage. Predominantly the drone bees, because they're a six-day more in the cycle. They're a 27-day instead of a 21-day cycle. So they get an extra six days to produce more parasites so when they come out they're already loaded and and because they suck off all the protein and nutrient well it's just and once they go off they just jump onto a bee that's flying and that bee jumps on bee gets onto another bee that's out foraging and that bee takes it back to that colony and then it's just a vicious cycle of of and overseas they chemically treat it is that correct Um, like how are they how are they treating it yes and no so there are multiple different treatments um our well-known is vaping so vaping um poisons into the hive definitely but there are definitely different ways to explore this um i've seen heat treatment mats that have been successful overseas apparently the bees can withstand um hotter temperatures than the varroa and hive beetle so that's definitely an option that we need to look at exploring uh, for when we get it here. Uh, also, I have seen New Zealand, uh, they fog. So they fog cooking grade oil in the doors and they have sticky sticky mat traps on the bottom. So what happens is they oil up the bees back, the varroa falls off and sticks to the mat. Um, also, another avenue that is also explored is genetics. So the cleanliness of your bee, um, I have done my research because I knew that it was always a matter of time Um, and there are overseas uh, beekeepers that don't do any treatment whatsoever purely based upon the genetics of your queen the Dutch queen yep yep and but but that plays a big part genetics that's why a lot of beekeepers are AIing them oh yeah they can custom like you notice it with hives where you, you open a hive with nothing and you'll get no hive beetle 
you can still get that sa a queen from the same breeder and the next box beside it will be loaded, absolutely loaded with hive beetles. So, well, yep. something going on in this hive is deterring them. Yep. So that's what I'm going to try and graft off or split off to try and keep that genetic line. Yep. Exactly yep. what you're saying. Yep. Um, I have also heard and seen when I was doing... Um, doing my courses at the start I've done uh, seasonal management disease and pests and grafting courses yep, yep. Um, there was also if you had a drone frame or two drone frames in, yep, in yep. your colony very time sensitive you've got to pull them out before day 27 and obviously you're going to have different stages but if you were to pull that out and swap that out with another drone frame you can get the mite before it can get out of the yes. larvae. Yes, so I your drone attached. frames are for people out there. Do you want to explain what a drone frame is? So people, because who, who are so drones are male bees. So yeah, yeah. So it is. It's said if you want a, a full sheet of drone, let them draw their own comb. So don't have a starter strip on your frame. Mm -hmm. You just put a blank frame straight in. Okay. Now. You can buy the plastic. Oh, yep, you can buy the plastic, plastic ones. As well. um, but, the yeah, but also um, when you're doing that, guys, make sure you're checker, checker brooding them. If you have two blank frames beside each other, your your bees will draw cross cross comb. So definitely checker brood them. But if you wanted that as an option, um, every time I've put a bare a bare frame in without a starter, um, I do find that they do draw a lot of drone comb um, through that. Um, and that's yeah. So they're basically your sacrificial, your sacrificial bees, yeah. um, which is another old, you know, a natural way of treating varroa. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's very exactly like you said, yeah. very time sensitive. You need yeah. to make sure you're hitting them before those drones hatch, yeah. um, and then discarding, discarding of the poor and, buggers. Yeah. yeah, and you've got to make sure. And then obviously you're robbing your male stock for reproductive. Yeah, definitely. So it's a, it's a double-edged sword. So yeah. But, yeah, but this is where we support each other, right? So, yeah. for example, in Sydney at the moment, um, or sorry, New South Wales, I should say, um, if varroa has been detected, then within a 10-kilometre radius, all the hives have been euthanised, regardless if there's varroa or not, and that's the way that they're treating it. It's a very controversial subject because there is a treatment to save these bees, but the way that the DPI are treating it is eradication. Whether, you know... This is again as a very highly debatable subject. If they're doing the right thing, is it the right thing? I, I don't know. You know, um, people believe that they've made the ultimate sacrifice. I mean, what's your thoughts on it? Do you think they're doing the right thing by eradicating it? You know that you can't have bees on that property for three years as well. Yeah. So once they've After, lost their yeah. hives, they can. So we've got businesses we're talking about, and we are talking about people who have built their whole business, a whole full time. Second that, generation. Yeah, second generation. generation. Yeah. And so they have, and that's it. They've completely, you know. Lost, lost their family business, and they're no longer allowed to do it for three years. Like, do you think they should have treated it? It's a tough it's, one. Yeah, they're trying to eradicate. We were the only country in the world that didn't have varroa. Yeah, it's the most, uh, the most luxurious honey in the world. Yeah, for the simple fact we don't have to treat for it. Yeah, um, that used to be my spiel at the market, so I yes. can't use it anymore. Well, I don't because. Well, that was literally my spiel, the most luxurious honey in the world, because we don't need to treat it like, you know, there's honey being sent from Australia that's getting sold for two and a half, three thousand dollars a kilo in Saudi Arabia. Wow. No, for a fact there is. Like, it's just... Yeah. And I don't think that people would be able to produce the same priced honey from anywhere else in the world. Oh, like, no, I think the not. reason for it is because we don't have to treat for that. Like, then why is Australia importing more honey than we export? Money. Um, yeah. It's money. Um, unfortunately, 
here yeah. in Australia, our poor commercials uh, beekeepers, they get nowhere near as much money um, in to keep it in Australia as they do to send it overseas. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, undercutting here in Australia is is huge and horrible. Yeah. So you know, to to seek a price, and we all all three of us here know that beekeeping is not a cheap thing to do. It's quite no. expensive. Yeah. Um. So you've got to seek the best price for your product to be able to keep going. Yeah. Um. So you know, unfortunate as it is, you know, beekeepers do get more money by sending it overseas. Um, you know, and you know, sometimes when you, when you're in the industry, you can't compete with the stuff that's at the shops, the cheapness of it. But the quality that us local beekeepers make is so much more phenomenal um, than the undercutting of the stores. But it's lack of knowledge um, surrounding that issue um, that allows for this to happen. Because that's the truth. I went to the shops and I saw five dollars a kilo for in a giant plastic bucket. And if you took turn it around, it says package in Australia, but you know, and it's Indian honey, you yeah. know, from India. And well, that's so it. So they say. Yeah. Well, and that's it. Is it really honey? <coughs> yeah. You know. It wouldn't be honey. It would be sugar syrup. One hundred percent sugar syrup. Yeah. Um, and they just blend it. Like it, it all comes down to cost. Current climate. Yeah. Interest rates. People are struggling. Like people just can't afford this stuff at the moment. Exactly. Yeah. And if they can trick their kids or, you know, we can give it... Kids won't take it. Kids will eat it until they've had proper honey and then after they've had that. I sell honey. I work in construction and um, I had... We call it tuck shop. We go once a week to a cafe that yeah. stocks our honey in, in the valley and um, there's one of the scaffolders in there and I've only met him through selling him honey and I was speaking to him the other day and he's like, man, I'm seven jars deep already. Apparently, all these kids will eat his honey sandwiches at night. But anyway, but yeah, just getting into it, like, it, it, it's a price thing. Like, people are just, they're really hurt and current interest rates and all that sort of stuff. And as a, as a beekeeper, to do it right, like, like Steph was saying, it, it is expensive. You can oh, probably God, yeah. never change anything out and, and run, you know, willy-nilly, but I'd hate to see what your product tastes like and... and more what the girls have to live in is more yeah. the, the point where I'm sort of getting that there. I'm, um, but at the end of the day, like I said, I got into beekeeping for a, a particular reason. And I've said to the wife, if we can't sell it, we'll just stock it. It never goes off. Yeah. Which is another fantastic thing about the product. That, that's, you know, it doesn't need to be refrigerated. Once it's crystallised, that's it. It's yeah. preserved. Yeah, like 100%. I'll trade it if I need to for fruit and veggies or, or whatever. Like, I, I'm happy to just keep buying buckets and, and sitting it there. Like, if what people want to pay the five bucks, they can buy it. But. And you know what? They used to trade honey. That's yeah. how people back it's a long, long gold. time ago would actually trade honey to pay taxes. Yeah. 100%. And um, it's a big misconception. I don't know if you get it at the markets where people go, oh, my honey is crystallized. It's off. It's not off, guys. It is. It means it, no, it's definitely raw, not. real it, honey. Not, it means it's it, the good stuff. If it doesn't yeah. crystallize, it's not. It's not it's raw. Not raw. Yeah. yeah. It so may it's take, some honeys take longer, like your iron barks, your lower pollen content honeys uh, take longer to candy. And some candy within a week or two. Oh, like yeah. The punya, yep, like yep. two or three days after extracting, it's hard in the bucket. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But they're your honeys, you know, you, you find you find uses for them. They're the honeys that you cream. Or you just, yep. you know, you, you make... Or, or even talking about your bearded lady um, 
alcoholic beverages. (laughs) (laughs) We have gotten into mead making. (laughs) Yep, so that's another avenue um, that you can take with all your honey. Um, So honey will never go to waste. Everyone always uses honey, no matter how you stockpile it. Even if it ferments in the bucket, you just turn it to alcohol. Yep, you make it some mead. Um, We've made some beautiful meads, a trial and error just beginning. Uh, But hey, she's all right. She's all right. Um, You know, and you can add... You can make them sweet. You can make them savory and dry. Um, to your heart's content, really. You can make berry. I've made a caramelized banana and honey mead. Uh, beautiful. <laughs> but in saying that, I probably let it sit too long. And, oh, damn, she was a bit of a bite in you know, one glass. And, yeah. <laughs> sounds How are you like doing my, for that one? But... Sounds like my chili honey that I <laughs> Oh, my God. Imagine that, having your chili honey and then having a, a chaser, a of, chaser mead. of mead. Oh. And Man, that's the thing. That's exactly it. We're supporting each other. Yep. I can have my chili honey. You can make some meat. <laughs> and then we've got creamed honey over here. Well, we, we do creamed honey on salami or prosciutto. And that's yeah. a match made in heaven. And 100%. People get fearful to add honey to things. When I tell people I swap out sugar for, in my coffees and I put honey, they're like, you put honey in your coffee? And I'm like, uh, yeah, it's one of the best things you can add. Yeah. Um, my husband is like a damn bear. Um, he can go through five jars of honey a week. We've got all all the different flavors on our bench. My bench is covered in honey. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> that man, yeah, that yeah. man has not been sick yeah. in such a long time. So it goes to show that you know having that raw honey is it's it's beneficial. Mm. It's beneficial for your body um, also, as opposed to your heat treated. Being stung if you're not anaphylactic. It's good yeah. for your T-cell response, so it is actually yeah. good for your immune system. Uh, well, I should have a cracker of immunity. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the amount of times <laughs> I get stung. And they've actually done a report for triple negative breast cancer. They found that bean venom has actually reversed the cancer cells. Yeah, so it's th- a cruel way to... It is a very, and that's yeah. the other thing. Oh, it is stress. a very cruel, yeah. But it's stressful. a double-edged sword. Like they're, they're God's gift. Like everything that comes out of the hive. Is yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And it's all really down to us supporting the bees and us doing what we can. Because at the end of the day, us as beekeepers, it's not about the honey. It's yeah. about the bees. Yeah. So. And that's exactly like you said, um, where you don't want to cut costs because once you cut costs, the girls go through you know oh. not great environments. Yeah. We don't want to do that, and that's no. why you should support your local beekeepers because they're mostly doing it for the love of their bee um so everything revolves around keeping your bees healthy and happy um i would never ever like to put my girls in a situation where you know they were going to starve or they were gonna you know it'd be detrimental to them um for me doing something everything i think about um which is why in the varroa i've done so much research because i don't want to put poisons in my hives you know i want to find a nicer way that i can work with my girls to do this naturally and that's why it's always nice and good to hear from other local beekeepers they have the same thing we all have that same mentality so working together is a benefit for all of us um you know i've come across some of the most amazingest beekeepers in my journey Um, through markets and we're not against each other we're helping each other out because as we know just how much hard work they do because we know how much hard work each and every one of us goes through to maintain our hives to the best standard it's physically exhausting um, expensive quite extremely um, but the love for our girls is probably the re- one reason why we do it all um 
because we want the best care for our girls. That's what we're here for. We're here to be passionate and we're here to spread that education. So on that note, we're going to end this one. Um, Nathan, thank you for joining us. We'd love to have you back next time because I'd like to hear about um, a lot of your journey still. I think it's really important. Um, But for next time, we will be back next week. And Nathan, what what markets can we find you at? You're going to be at Leaf. And what are your ones that you do? This weekend, we've got Graceville Markets this Sunday. Yeah, and whereabouts is that? Uh, Over the... West side. Yeah, 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 Andrew Pilly area. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what's the market I don't actually called? know. It's um, linked to the Cab Road markets we do. Okay, it's beautiful. First time we've done it. Well, the, wife, the wife put her hand up and she gets to work this weekend, so I've got to go do the market. <laughs> well, so, and so what are you going to have a lot of? Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll have 10 different varieties of honey. Uh, honeycomb, pollen, um, and we'll have some girls there on the day. We normally take a little display frame. We never take brood iron. We just take a honey frame with yep. 10 or 15 bees just to give everyone a perspective. Kids love it, adults love it, everyone yeah. loves it. Like it just attracts people. So awesome. Um, well, and finding that education for people, I reckon 100%. that's that's what it's all about. Educating yeah. um, the people that aren't um, or inspiring acknowledgeable. people. Yeah, as yeah, hundred well. percent. Like, young kids, I'll spend twenty minutes talking to a young kid and knowing that they're not even going to buy honey. Yeah. If they're interested. Yeah, hundred percent. And I can tell that if the, if. I can tell they're interested. I'll give them. That's see, that's the best thing. Um, I do beekeeping in schools and watching those kids because at the end of the day, they're going to be the new generation that comes through, and you want them to treat the girls with respect and find a better way of doing things. You know, maybe they might be the ones that find that better way of coping when we've got varroa. You know, making them aware and getting growing that passion taking that fear out of bees i think our generation we were all um fearful of bees as a kid whereas nowadays these kids are so resilient i mean they're coming through and i can never remember me at that age being so inquisitive about a bee it was always fear um so that knowledge around young kids because they're going to be the future really yeah Um, absolutely 100 percent. that's what it's all about educating the next generation um, to carry on and keep going. And that's it. And you can find me and Steph at our library session uh, coming up. So until next time, guys, it's Ali, it's Steph, and Nathan. We are so pumped to be talking to you guys. Until next time, bye.